From Land to Mouth by Bethan Mallow. Is farming worth it? Um, when you're taking lambs to market, uh, paperwork and tags and everything is very... Uh, I don't follow the prices. Expensive. Expensive, yeah. And if you bring them back, you can't sell nothing for seven days because... Uh, Foot and mouth. You know, we have bad years and we have good years. Uh. The BSE scaremongering. In, in the late 90s, there was a lot of adverse press um, in, the, in, in all about farmers poisoning the nation, in it, either with antibiotics or sprays and all the rest of it. And uh, um, when one day, headlines on the papers, farmers poisoning the nation... I'll never forget it. Front page of the whichever paper it was, I can't remember. Um, and I said, we can't fight this. As individual farmers, we can't fight this. I mean, we knew it's not true. We, we know we don't... Uh, we weren't treating every animal all the time. By any means, you know, couldn't afford to anyway. <laughs> you know, you treat them only if they needed treating sort of thing. And uh, so we decided to... 1998, that must have been. Uh, so we started our conversion into organic farming. A lot of how I see the world is quite influenced by my faith because I have, we both have quite a strong Christian faith and, I mean, you know, there is no utopia in this world, in my opinion. I mean, all the time you're striving to eliminate one thing or another. You get rid of one thing and then something else comes back to bite you. And that used to be BSE. Oh, well, the price of our cool cows, for instance, halved overnight, for instance, didn't it? Yeah, well, when that uh, Professor Lacey... Oh, getting a headline! Yeah, when that, that Professor Lacey reckoned there was a link between BSE and cows and CJD and humans, then the beef price is just half-halved virtually overnight because, you, you know, he reckoned there wasn't a family that wouldn't be affected and there was going to be tens of thousands of people that were going to die of CJD. Well, he, he called it mad cow disease and... Years and years later, not not too long ago, I remember seeing an article in the middle of the paper one day and they asked him uh, why he thought his predictions hadn't come true because there were still less than 200 people that actually actually died of CJD because if it was linked to eating beef, tens of thousands would have died. And they asked him why he'd thought. And, and uh, do you know what he said? He didn't say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I got this all wrong. No, there must have been a longer incubation period than I first thought. That's what his answer was. He, he would not admit that he was wrong, and yet he, he devastated the livelihoods of tens of thousands of people, not just, just farmers, the, the meat industry as a whole took a, a hammering after that. You, you know, it's a bit like Edwina Curry and the Salmonella scare, isn't it? She said the exactly the same thing happened over that, half the price of eggs or whatever, and those who were, you know, the livelihoods just smashed it. Egg. Smashing. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not, um, it's... Farming's a funny old life. Probably my brother went into building. I don't think he would he. Even though he'd have made a lot of money with building over the years, he still, I don't know, his um, outlook to life is different. I've got no farming in my breeding. I always remember when we first moved up here, me getting all sentimental over a caged lamb. There's no room for sentiment in farming, and I was told that very firmly. There isn't really, you know. There can't be a money crop and a pet, really. I mean, I'd never seen an animal born until I came up here, and now I'm yanking them out. <laughs> I think they used to say my hands were smaller than theirs. We get up early every morning, and, you know, the work's never finished if it's never finished. Well, you know, if you have a cow calving in the night, you know, you set your alarm to get up, and, well, at the moment, we're having several of this at time coming. Unfortunately, one's had a dead one in the night, so... Uh... 
Well, that's the reality of livestock, I'm afraid. As one of my friends told me, Robbie said, as long as you've got livestock, you'll have deadens. That's as sure as that. It's a realistic way of looking at life, you know. You do come to accept it. And I think... I think that there is problem. There's this problem that you get to with farming. It's considered by some an industry, but it's not like an industry. It's a cross. See, the way I see it, it's a cross between an art and a science. You know, it's it's not it's not a strict science, and it's not a strict art. It's sort of a cross between the two. And you know, I don't think. Well, I think it's very difficult for a lot of people who haven't experienced it themselves to really understand. Like Kerry's, uh, Kerry's husband. They've got a smaller farm, but yeah. he's got. Oh, he goes out contracting. Mm. So he works on the market every Saturday and every Friday. So he's having an income there. Yeah. He also goes out and shares then in the summer. So he's bringing some money there, and he goes out contracting, um, doing fencing. Yeah. So it is. If you want to be a farmer, you still got to have these other. Because you've got the farm and then you've got the other jobs going as well. I don't think they realise the amount of hours because during this lambing time now, we could be putting 18, 20 hours a day in. You're custodians, we always say it. Mm. We're custodians of, of the, the lamb, lamb. Yeah. yes. Coming back here, it's funny because I, I wanted to get out of working in an office as quickly as possible, spending a whole day in front of Microsoft Excel. And then, well, now that we're here, that you know, I love the work, absolutely love it, but the I think one of the big... One of the big challenges of farming, modern-day farming, now that we have the machinery and there's much less people on the farms, is that uh, you are on your own a lot. That's one of the things I didn't really anticipate. The wife worked for 25 years for the bank, and I was here most of that time on my own. Now, that's a very lonely time. When you've got nobody, even if it's somebody to shout at, it's better than when you've got nobody to talk to at all. I can imagine a lot of these older fellows... Especially these ones that are still bachelors and never got married. Once their mother's gone or something, then they got nobody. When Tom died, we made the decision not to sell up because once you've sold land, you're never going to get any back, I don't think. My son's very keen to say, you're not making any more land, which is quite true. And he, he's got a young family at the moment and, uh, you know, usually he isn't here an awful lot. He puts sheds and things up. And sometimes we live in a little cocoon, you know. We work, uh, a lot of farmers are very isolated and don't see anyone from one week to the next, you know. The dream would be that Tom would still be here, really. <laughs> it's not very nice being left. He was only 61. 11 years this time. It's a long time. It's flown, really. Hmm. He could stand at the gate and look out at the sheep and he could tell... Which one had had which lamb? And, you know, he knew his flock. They all looked like the same to me. I always remember I had this feeling when we came here. That was it. This is where we would always be. It wasn't a particularly good feeling at the time. Would I have done anything differently? I don't know. I mean, you don't know when you meet that person what your life's going to be like, do you? I fell in love with a man who was a farmer's son and who had the chance to come here. I mean, no way would I change Tom, so, yeah. I would have been a farmer's wife, yeah, yeah, yes. Didn't have a choice, did you? Well, I didn't have a choice, uh, because I was the eldest of seven, so I just came home. If I'd have got the choice, you know, if I'd have had two blokes and, you know, sort of thought I'd love them both sort of thing, I'd have chosen the farmer. Yeah, always. 
Oh, maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go to do chemistry at Liverpool University thinking I'm going to marry a farmer. Um, I don't really know. I can't think of a job that I'd rather... The only thing could be, possibly, if you could have a job where you're working for the government or a national organisation where... Um... Uh, it's fate, isn't it? No, no, it's not fate. I don't believe in that, really. Like it's snowing up here again now. Where you wouldn't have to get out in this bloody snow and things like that, you know? Because it's... Um... What? In a nice, warm, small office? Yeah. Did I, did I really realise when we first got married that we would move up here? I don't suppose I even did think about that at the time. I, uh, I don't... I really don't know. I can't see... I don't... I don't think I could be anything else. No. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. There's a lot of faults, but it is. Yes. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Is Farming Worth It? Played by Angela Bain, Susan Brown, Annie David, Robin Griffith, Robert Mountford and Howard Ward.